discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same, we are constant. God is constant, God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. Since Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is, that is why He told Abraham, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God regained Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we are the inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oki Boati as Christ magnified in you. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who leads and guides us. Thank you for your mighty, mighty Holy Spirit who teaches us your word. Thank you for understanding on every step of our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that by the time we check out of this place, we go back victors. We go back knowing who we are even some more. And we go back as sure of light changing the whole world. In the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, shining as lights to your glory and to your praise. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seat in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be here this evening. Alright, I'm sharing concerning our priestly role. Our priestly role. Alright, so I want, I want us to start from, from a point. Okay. How many of us are born again? Alright. The born again experience ex- introduces us into a life of glory. The Bible says, by grace are you saved, through faith, not of your own, of your own selves. It is by the grace of God that we come in, you see. And it is by the agency of another man. You know that Jesus Christ is a man. Jesus is a man. Or Jesus was a man. Fully man, fully God. He was a man. I don't know if you've ever thought about the fact that he was a man. <laughs> I've never thought about it. The fact that he was a man. He was just like any other man that you can come into contact with. Yeah. So you believed in a man, actually. He called himself the son of man. On more, on more than one occasion. So many, on so many different occasions he called himself the son of man. Meaning that he was using the power of the Son of Man. Yeah. In Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 4, let's read from verse 4. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Then it says, By grace are ye saved. Saved by grace. Now, there's a video. Uh, that I, I preached, I shared a message some time ago concerning grace. You know, and I was talking about the fact that grace is the work of God, independent of our work, independent of any man's action, 
man's action has nothing to do with the sound of it has nothing to do with his own salvation. Hallelujah. You don't you, you are not the one who gets yourself born again, are you? You did did you die on the cross? You didn't die on the cross. You couldn't have died. You wouldn't have even died for your own self. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you didn't die for yourself. Jesus died. It was it was another man. Another man sacrificed for you and I to come in. See another man. Sacrificed for you and I to come in. You see, so it says even when we're dead in sins, when we're dead in our sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. Then it says, By grace ye are saved. It is by the action of God. It is by the work of God. It has nothing to do with you. You see, if, if you read in, a, in Romans chapter 5, it says, it says that, For God commended his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. While we were yet sinners, when we could not help ourselves, Christ died. You see, for by grace are you saved. Say, for by grace am I saved. Then go down. If, if you read in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, go, go back to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's read verse 6. It says, And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Continue. That it says, For by grace are ye saved through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves. Not of you. That's what I want you to say. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. It's God who has given freely the gift of salvation for you to come in. Do you see? But when, as soon as you get born again, the Spirit of God, there are several things the Spirit of God gives to you. There are so many gifts. That God gives you. One of the gifts is eternal life. One of the gifts is righteousness. One of the gifts is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the gifts is the gift of uh, uh, grace. Grace is a gift. You know, we, we, we function it under grace, and grace is given unto us as a gift. Hallelujah. So many gifts. So many gifts. Okay? So many of them. You can count so many, about 20 if you like. All these things are given to us free of charge. But there's another, there are other things that the Spirit of God, there's a responsibility that the Spirit of God lays upon our shoulders or gives us as Christians. The day you became born again, you were made a priest in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. If we read Revelation chapter 1, let's read Revelation chapter 1. Let's read from verse 5. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first because of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, and it says, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6. And has made us what? And has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So as soon as you became born again, it says he washed you from your, from your sins in his own blood. Then it says, and has made us unto, it says, and has made us kings and priests unto God. And his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He makes you a king and makes you a priest. Okay? You have been made a priest. If you read it, I want to show you the fact that you have been made a priest. Go to Hebrews chapter. I don't ask to read too much. So give me a second. Let me show you what to read. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, go to First Peter chapter two. Let's start from the first chapter two. Let's read from verse verse one. He is wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Continue. If so, you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Continue. To whom coming as unto a living stone, there is a lot in need of men, but chosen of God and precious. Then it says, Ye also as lively stones or living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Have you seen it? It says, You are built up what? You are built up a spirit, you are being built up as a spiritual house. Then it says, And holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. This we are we are an holy priesthood to Him to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Go to verse six. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture: Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on Him shall not be confounded. Verse seven. Unto you therefore which believe He is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders is allowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Verse 8. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Hmm. Go to verse 9. It says, But you were chosen generation. Have you seen it? Then it says, A royal what? priesthood. You were royal priesthood. Then it says, Unholy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Unholy priesthood. So in these verses, we see ourselves being called priests. The fact that we are involved in a certain uh, uh, group or a certain ministry called the priesthood ministry. Hallelujah. Jesus himself being the high priest. You see, that's what I wanted to show you in Hebrews chapter 5. Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Let's read from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 1. I want to read a lot so that you see what I'm talking about. Okay? For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Continue. Who can have compassion of the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity? And by reason hereof he ought ask for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but, the, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest. How is it? Says, so Christ also not glorified himself to be made an high priest. But he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. So we see that he was what? An high priest. He is our high priest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And one of the major things he did as a high priest was to present his own blood for you and I to receive salvation. Bible says that Jesus Christ offered himself to God without spot through the Spirit. He gave himself over to God so that others can benefit. Are you saying it? And because of what he did, we don't have to do anything in order to get close to God. In the same way, he made us priests. After getting us born again, he made us priests. After his order, it's called the order, the priestly order of Melchizedek. After that same order, and that priestly order is to make sacrifices for others. You like what I'm saying? Yeah. 
is to make sacrifices for others. Others must live for you to die. Like Christ died so that you might live. You see, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read from verse 13. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 13. It is for whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. This is Paul talking. Paul has been made the high priest and he's talking for the people. He says, For whether he's talking concerning the people, he says, For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Continue. For the love of Christ constrained us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Who is that one that he's talking about? He's talking about Christ, isn't it? He says, For if Christ died for all, then we're all dead. Go to the next verse. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. Have you it? But unto him which died for them and rose again. How many of you understand the English he's saying? He's saying that. Christ died for you, so that you will not live for yourself, but you will live for the one who died for you. And one of the major means of living for the one who died for you is to fulfill that priestly ministry that has been placed upon your life. You have been made a priest, whether you like it or not. Say, I'm a priest. Say it again. Tell your neighbor, I'm a priest. Tell me you are looking at Priest Karen, Priest Princess, Priest Michael, Priest Kobe. You are, you are looking at a priest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ask him, do I look like a priest? <laughs> no, I don't look like one. <laughs> it's, it's our ministry. We've been born into it. We were born into it. That is the born again experience. You are born into something. Nobody is born into nothing. Or nobody is born into uh, uh, space. Everyone is born into a certain land, isn't it? You are born to some parents, born to a home, born to a tribe, born to a family, born to an area, and born to a certain country. There are rights and their responsibilities in that country. In that home. In that family, depending on where you arrive, you have rights in the home. And you have responsibilities. You may not be introduced to it when you are a child. But as you grow up, you realize that there are responsibilities in the home. Your mother stops cooking for you after some time. If you are a lady especially. By the time you are 15, 16, your mother starts telling you that you have to start cooking. So by that time you would know how to ground the pepper. And the tomatoes and some things. You, you, you may start with grinding pepper in the earthenware, isn't it? In the asanka. That's how we call it, right? You'll be grounding it gradually. That's where you start. Before long, you are the one cutting the onions and putting them in the, in the pan. You may do half of it and she'll do half of it. But as time goes on, she'll leave everything to you. When she comes and the food is not ready, she'll have a problem. Is it true? If you're a guy, you may start washing the car ties with time. We we'll let you start. The car tire is what you start washing. Small, small. Before long, you are washing the whole car. You are washing the inside. You are doing a lot of things. You'll be carrying, you'll be fixing bulbs and doing things. When anything gets spoiled, they'll call you. Master, come and get it fixed. Because you are the guy in the house. There is no home without rights. You have rights. You have a right to go to school and all those things. You get, as much as you get those rights, you also have responsibilities. Rights without responsibilities doesn't work. 
when the people think that they only have rights and don't think that they have responsibilities, everything turns upside down. Children of God must not think that they have rights alone in the kingdom of God. A lot of the times, most people are exposed to their rights, their rights in Christ. But they are not exposed to their responsibilities in Christ. Because you have a responsibility. See, I have a responsibility. Say it again, I have a responsibility. Not only a right. You're a child of God, so you have rights with God. You have plenty of rights. Serious rights. What, what do you think are some of your rights in Christ? Can you share one with me? Your rights. Divine health. You have a right to divine health. You get it? You have a right towards divine health. You have a right to prosperity. If you don't prosper, there's something wrong. You must prosper. You must live in health. Enjoy health constantly. Every single day. Uh, give me some more. You have a right to eternal life. In fact, you have inherited eternal life. It's actually your responsibility to live in it. You see. Give me more. You have a right to righteousness. What? Dominion over all things. All things are See, all things are mine. Your hand like this. All things are mine. All things are mine. Powerful, isn't it? What else? What else? Give me some more. You have a right to be in God's presence. The Bible says that He has made a new and a living way through His flesh for us to come to the throne of grace. He says, You do not have a priest who does not feel your infirmities, but was in every point tempted as you are. Therefore, He feels what you feel. Isn't that amazing? I like that scripture so much. It's in Hebrews chapter 4. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 from His word. Let's read from verse 14. Hebrews 14. He says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passing to the heavens. You see, he's calling him again a high priest. He says, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession or profession. Continue. Verse 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Tell me, but he has feelings. Jesus has feelings for you. What a shock. He says, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Then he, on the basis of this, he tells you the next thing. Verse 16. He says, Let us therefore come boldly, hallelujah, unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He says, Come boldly. Unto the throne of grace. Come boldly. So you have a right to come boldly. If you are not coming boldly, there's something wrong. It means you are not enjoying your rights. You may, you may have rights, but if you don't know about it, you will never enjoy those rights, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Give me more. Any other? You know your rights, but which one? You, you have a right to call God your father. You have a right to exercise the authority of God. You have a right to the name of Jesus. Abalaba. Ah, you have a right to the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. More, more. I like what you are saying. More. You have a right to what? You have a right to success. You have a right to sac- what? Exercise your faith. Pastor Mike, you have, you have some. You have a right to a good man. <laughs> 
You have a right to a good marriage. Yes, that's our pastor in Liverpool. He just came down some few days ago. You have a right to a good marriage. Yes, you must enjoy yourself. Which which one again? Like like the king is enjoying his good marriage. Yes. You have a right. All these things are rights that you have in God. You have a right to live a clean life, a pure life. Do you see? But there are responsibilities. Right without responsibilities is nothing. You just be going in one direction. You know, there are some people who think that the grace of God means that they can do whatever they want to do and get away with it. You get it? A lot of people think like that. A lot of people don't know that there are limits. There are, there's a place where things change. The rules change at a point. You can't misbehave and think that everything is fine. You like what I'm saying to you right now? <laughs> you can't misbehave and think that everything is fine. You don't hold on to what God has given to you. You can lose what God gave to you. If you are not smart, you will not enjoy the blessings that God has given to you. Ask King. You know King? King had a right to the birthright. He had a right to the birthright. The birthright was his. But he messed up. He was misbehaving. He didn't really care about it much. He didn't learn about it much. So someone was supposed to steal it from him. And the Bible says that when he came to himself, he sought for another opportunity with tears. What did I say, Cain? I'm talking about Esau. I'm sorry. How did Cain come in out of my mouth? I'm talking about Brother Esau. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know, you know I'm talking about Brother Esau, isn't it? Yes. They're in the same light, so normally you may you may change your names. <laughs> yeah. Esau had a, he had the right to the birthright, but he lost it. Why? Because he was thinking on one direction only. He must think both directions now. You know, by direction now. Hallelujah. As much as you have rights, you have responsibilities. As much as you have rights, you have responsibilities. Tell me, but as much as I, I have rights, I have responsibilities. Yeah, so you, you told me a lot about your, your rights. I want to know if you know some of your responsibilities. I want to know, I'd like to know, what, what are some of your responsibilities? You have a responsibility to win souls. It's a responsibility, isn't it? Can you enjoy your rights without, without responding to your responsibility? Can you? Okay, so which, other, which other responsibility do you have? Yes. Sorry? Fight pain. Powerful. It's a responsibility. Presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Prayer. Shabala brakata pastupo mandi falbala stala rakasta stalaba. Do you do you perform your responsibilities when you feel like it? What do you do? You do it in respect of feeling. You see, there's a responsibility in this life called work. Some of you are your eyes can't open because you you, are, you just came from work. You have difficulty you are doing this. You are listening to it, but your eyes are closing small small. Do you like going to work like that? You don't, you don't like work, isn't it? Yeah. But do you have to work? Why do you have to work? Because of what? Because of money, isn't it? Do you have a right to money in the country? Do you have a right to money in the country? You have a right to money, isn't it? But that right is embedded in the responsibility of work. So it is foolishness to think that you have a right. I have a right to money. I have a right to money. I have a right to money. If only I, I have money. 
listen. You, the Bible says the hand that does not work should not eat. NC, NC, if you don't contribute, you can't eat. Hallelujah. That is how the Christian work is as well. Our rights are woven together with our responsibilities. They are together. You can't separate them. If you separate them, you'll be surprised. If you separate them, you will not enjoy your rights the way you would want to enjoy your rights. You know about it, but you can't enjoy it. What are some of your rights? Tell me some more. I mean your responsibilities. Intercession. You have the responsibility of interceding, yes. Getting to know getting to know God through His Word. So you have a responsibility of studying the Word, isn't it? You have a, it's a responsibility. You have to study it. Do you, do you like what I'm saying? Okay, what else? Exercising yourself unto what? Unto godliness. That's a big one, isn't it? Because it, it encompasses a lot. Yeah, it's your responsibility. To exercise your spirit. Your, exercising your spirit is a responsibility. If you don't exercise your, your spirit, what, what do you think will happen to you? What, what, what will happen to you? You will not enjoy what? You will not enjoy your rights in Christ. Hallelujah. So I want to expose you some of your responsibilities. Okay? Can I do that? Yeah. So I mentioned the fact that you have been made a priest. You're a priest. You're a priest. You're a priest. Okay? And the priest has some responsibilities. How many of you agree that you're a priest? You've seen it in the Bible, isn't it? We've made priests. You have made us kings and priests. We are royal priesthood. And holy nation, a peculiar people. In Hebrews chapter five, verse one, a very big statement is made. Let's go to Hebrews chapter five, verse one. That shows you some of the responsibilities of a priest. It says, "For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God." In this case, he mentions the high priest, but you should know that it wasn't only the high priest. Who was ordained by God in things pertaining to God on the behalf of men. All the Levites, all the priests were ordained by God for that. It is for every high priest taken from among men. He's taken from among men, he says, and is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. In things pertaining to who? Are you a priest? So how can you? Do this particular responsibility, okay, of giving men or dealing with men in things pertaining to God if you don't know God. How can you make God real? You see, Jesus could have made, put a certain mark in the sky that shows that he exists and that he came to the earth, came to die and resurrected on the, uh, on the third day and ascended to heaven. He could have put something in the sky to communicate his gospel. But he left that to you and I as our responsibility. We have a responsibility of sharing the gospel with others. It is a responsibility. This was the last command of God, of Christ, before he left the, the earth. Have you read Matthew chapter 28, verse, verse 18 before? Have you read Matthew 28? How many of you have read Matthew chapter 28, verse, from verse 18 downwards? Let's look at it. Matthew 28, from verse 18 downwards. 
It's like Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Continue. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teach all nations. That means that God has given us a responsibility of educating the nations of the world. Hallelujah. Educating the nations of the world concerning him. Do you know how much of a responsibility that is? It means that there are people waiting in places to hear you and I talk about God. You just said, you just agreed that you were a priest. Uh, probably I'm talking to another group right now. You just agreed that you were a priest, isn't it? Yes, we are priests. Normally we like talking about the king aspect. We don't like talking about the priest aspect. There is kings and priests. We made kings and we made priests. Okay? And one of the major responsibilities of the, of the priest was to educate the people concerning God. Let me, let me show you. Go to Malachi chapter 2, verse 7. Oh, hallelujah. He says, For the priest's lips should, what? should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. The priest's lips should keep knowledge. And they, who are they? The people should seek the law at his mouth. For he is the messenger of God. You are a messenger of God. He says your lips must keep knowledge. Knowledge of who? Knowledge of the one who sent you. He says the priest deals with things pertaining to God. Meaning that you expected to know God more than any other person in the world. Because you are the one they have to come to for education concerning God. That is why Jesus said that, Go ye therefore and teach all the nations of the earth. Why? Because you are the priest that he has ordained. You are the priest that he has ordained. To educate the world. To let them know how to live. What to do. How to get close to God. What to do and what not to do. You are the one. Ordained by God. Ordained by God. Say, I'm ordained by God. Ordained by God. Say it again, I'm ordained by God. Ordained by God. You remember, we just read it in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. It says, For every priest, high priest, is taken from among men. Isn't it? Hmm? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained. He's not ordained by men, he's ordained by God. Meaning that he's set on a course. By God. He's set apart and set apart by God and set on a course by God. Okay? It is for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God. And that's what I'm trying to explain to you. What are the things that pertain to God? You must know the things that pertain to God. You must know God more than any other person does. It is your responsibility. Or else you cannot tell them about God. You cannot tell them about. I mean, just imagine someone who's selling um, cars. He's selling BMWs and don't know anything about the car. Yet he's going to sell the car. Do you think anybody will buy it? Maybe a car is even too high. You're selling a mobile phone. You're selling an iPhone 7, right? That's what it's around now. Is it 7? 7 Plus. You are selling an iPhone 7 Plus. You have so many of it. You have about 10,000 of them to, to push, to sell. And you don't know anything about it. Well, let's sell. Will it sell? Why wouldn't it sell? Why? 
you can't market it. Why can't you market it? Because you don't know anything about it. You can't convince anybody to buy what you're selling. So nobody's going to buy. Christi- a lot of Christians don't know anything about what they are selling. They don't even know that they are supposed to be selling something. They don't know. That is why, you see, someone can be in church for a very long time and never get himself involved in the role or in the responsibility. Okay? And will suffer for a very long time and not understand why he's suffering. More than half of the people in the church are only into the rights. Always, every single prayer is concerning themselves. Gimme, 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 gimme. Because my name is Jimmy. They are always praying for themselves, praying for what they can have, praying about something that has to do with them. Like every time, they are always asking God, God, why are you not doing this for me? God, what is going on? God, what is every time? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Why do you think they are not getting answers to their, to their, to their prayer? Every once in a while, one of them will chance onto an answer. Will stumble onto an answer and give a wild testimony. Then everybody's hopes, hope is renewed that, hey, this thing one day, I can also get something like this. This person's testimony can become my heritage. Hallelujah. Then they, they continue praying. Their lives are like those guys sitting by the pool of Bethesda, waiting for the stirring of the pool by the angel once in a year. So once in a year something good happens. But there's another life. There's another place. Where you can walk hand in hand with God and have things happen in your life sporadically without you asking for certain things. There's a place where you don't have to ask God for anything. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. You know the key to real prosperity. There's, a, there's one scripture to real prosperity. But a lot of Christians don't like that scripture. You want to escape that one and think about other ones. But if you miss that particular one, you can't get any other one. All the other ones are small. They are very little. I mean, you get the prosperity small. Small, minute, something small. You see the fringes of prosperity, but you do not see the real prosperity that you are supposed to have. Because that particular one is wrapped in a responsibility. How many of you know the scripture I'm talking about? Which one do you think it is? Matthew chapter 6, verse what? Verse 33. Yeah, it means that you have been in the church for a long time. Go to Matthew 6, 33. says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is something a lot of people don't like. Because there's a responsibility inside. You must do some seeking. Some seeking is involved. No, 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 no. You want to clap, shout, and stamp their feet, and something will happen. It doesn't work like that. If you want to live a prosperous life without break, Get yourself involved with God's work. Get yourself involved with the responsibilities that God has given to you. Whether you like it or not, it is a responsibility that you must fulfill. The earlier you close your mind and do it, the better it is. One man of God said that life is a race of responsibilities. The earlier you accept it, the better. If you know you are going to get married, eh? So you will get married, isn't it? Just marry early and be happy. Ah, it's a race of responsibility. If you can marry early, why won't you marry early? Why would you wait until you are 45 before you marry as a man? Of course, the ladies must wait for them to be married, isn't it? So I will not talk about them for now. But you are a guy, you, have not, you, are, you are 70. 
Can you come wait, wait, wait? They, they say life begins at 40. So they are waiting to 10, 40 before they start thinking about marriage. No, it's a responsibility you cannot run away from. We are doing it will come. Whatever you do, it will come. Why don't you just accept that responsibility right now? And move forward with your life to the next responsibility. Hallelujah. I said there are responsibilities in God. You must, you must accept it. You must accept it. You must receive what God... What, what does God want me to do? This is what God wants me to do. Let me just respond and be happy. He says, seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness. Bring in my goodness to every single place that you find yourself. Okay? How do you seek God's righteousness? There are, so, several, there are several interpretations that people have given. One of the major ways of seeking the righteousness of God... You see, when someone gets born again, the person becomes the righteousness of God, isn't it? In Christ Jesus, right? Is it true? Yes. If someone is not born again, the person is not righteous in the sight of God. So if I get the person born again, I've sought the righteousness of God in the person's life, and it has happened, isn't it? Yes. So by winning souls, I'm seeking the righteousness of God. And I'm seeking the kingdom of God. I'm spreading the kingdom of God. Jesus said that in those days, some will say, like, Behold, the kingdom of God is here. Behold, the kingdom of God is there. He says, The kingdom of God is where? It's in your heart. The kingdom of God must come, must extend. The kingdom of God is not extending physically. It's not by big churches all around the world. That's not a sign of the extension of the kingdom of God. It's one of the signs. It's not the main thing. The main thing is getting people born again. The more people receive Christ, the more the kingdom of God extends. Because the kingdom of God is a harsh thing, it's not a physical thing. Jesus is not, did, you, did you see Jesus building a church building? He never built any church building. That is not the primary thing. The primary thing is getting people into the kingdom and raising them. That's the most important thing. Churches come in because we are supposed to raise people. Because we must have a place to sit down to raise people. That is why churches come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, which things? If you go up, you see it. He says, for after what you eat, what you wear, where you sleep, what you, all those things. He says, for all these things do the Gentiles seek after. There are things that these people are chasing after. But he says, not you. It is for your father knoweth that you need such things. You have need of such things. Therefore seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added to you. You must accept your responsibility of preaching the gospel. You can't run away from it. This scripture is tied to another scripture that I showed you some time ago. Can I show it to you again? Okay, look at Mark chapter 9. You like my message? You like it? Okay. I should preach. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Speak in tongues for just a few minutes. Oh, I love my Bible. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10. Let's look at, let's read from verse, I don't want us to read too much. So let's read from verse 26, so I give you the background. Okay, now this man had come to Jesus and had asked what you should do to inherit eternal life. Jesus had told him, obey, obey the, the commandment. He said, I've done so much. I've done all of that. And Jesus said, one thing that lack is, go and go and sell all that you have. Okay, so I might have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But the man went away sad, because he had great possessions. You know, other version says, for great possessions had him. The great possessions had him. 
<laughs> so he couldn't let go. Okay? And when he was going away, Jesus passed a comment and said that how hard it is for a rich man or for the rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then Jesus went on to say that it is like, what did he say? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of any needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus said. Now he's not talking about a literal eye, needle's eye. How can you even say that? That's not what he's talking about. There was a small gate, okay, that was opened when the big gate in Jerusalem was closed. There's a big gate for trade. If someone wants to come and buy something in Jerusalem and all that, everybody from morning to evening, that gate is opened for people to go and come. In the evening, for security purposes, it's closed. Then they open a small gate. The small gate is for just passage of human beings, not for goods. But if you want your camel to pass through it, you have to let your camel kneel down and you push it from the back for him to be able to enter. By the time you are done, you'll be sweating seriously. It is very difficult. It can be done, but it's very, very difficult. In fact, it's so small. I saw one recently. It's very, very small. Okay, that's what Jesus was talking about. But the disciples were, the Bible says, they were astonished beyond measure and asked, who then can what? And they were saying, out of measure, seeing among themselves, who then can be saved? Who? Because they, and by saying this, they excluded Jesus. Because Jesus was rich. That's why they were astonished beyond, because they weren't, they weren't astonished because of themselves, but because of Jesus. How can you be saying that? When you have money. Because he was the one taking care of them. Hey, Peter was not concerned about any kingdom of God. He was concerned about being a minister of stars and seas and something. Not because he wanted to enter which kingdom. That's not what he was thinking about at all. As at the death, burial and resurrection of Christ, they were still thinking about the restoration of the kingdom of Israel to their, their hands so that they would become something. Also, they were thinking about in Matthew chapter in Acts chapter one. They mentioned it, and Jesus said that, "Listen, forget about that. You shall, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and it shall be witnesses unto me." <laughs> Jesus said, "Forget about the politics. There's work to be done." Hallelujah. So they knew Jesus' status in society. Jesus had houses. Okay, Jesus had houses. If you read in your Bible, you see that they always say Jesus went to his own house. He had houses in different places. That's not my subject for today, so don't let me talk about it. Then, he went to, go to the next verse, verse 27. And Jesus looking upon them said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Verse 28. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. We have left everything and are following you. What shall we have? And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto thee, unto you, there is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and for the Gospels. For my sake, and for the Gospels. For my sake, and for the Gospels. Are you saying it? Yeah. For my sake, and for the Gospels. He says, he shall have. Go to the next verse. Verse 30. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. So you don't have any right to claim houses, lands, cars, and all those things if you are not doing what he says. This for 
my sake and for gospels. If they are not involved in the gospel, it is not right for you to be thinking in a certain way. Do you get it? It's, it's, it's our responsibility. If you don't, this shows us that there is, the right is wrapped in this inside. It's inside the responsibility. So, so tight. You may never marry if you, you don't engage yourself in the ministry. It may be difficult. You may marry, but you get a very foolish one to marry. A very strange one. And you'll be suffering. Hallelujah. For his sake and for the Gospels. For his sake and for the Gospels. But how can you do your responsibility if you don't know him? You see. Since every priest is ordained, speaking from among men, ordained to things, for men to things pertaining to God. Things pertaining to God. Things pertaining to God. How do you, do you know God? Says his lips must keep knowledge. I showed you that, right? His lips must keep knowledge. His lips must keep knowledge. Your lips must keep knowledge. Do you know that your verses in the Bible? Do you even know where they are found? Do you know where the verses are found? How will you prosper if you don't know where the verses are found? You, you don't know the verses. What is written in Romans chapter five verse seventeen? You don't know whether you don't know the, you don't know what is there. What is there? What's written in Romans five seventeen? Everybody is quiet. What am I want it? It's not what am I want it. Well, I caught you off guard, so you are not thinking about it. What's, okay, now you've, you've had enough time to think. What's, what's written there? What is there? What's written in Romans five seventeen? For by one man, one man's offense. It's not a, it's not a corporate exam. <laughs> What is written in Romans 3 20? Romans chapter 3, verse 20. John 3 16. What's written in John 3 16? <laughs> 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 what is written in John 3 16? <laughs> if your lips does not keep knowledge, how will they seek? How will they seek? Eh? Look at Malachi 3 2 verse 16. For the priest's lips. You just accepted the fact that you are a priest. You are a priest. It's your calling. He has made us kings. It is unto him who loved us. And gave himself for us. And washed our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings and priests unto himself and unto his father. He's made us kings and priests. We are royal priesthood. We are, we are, we are a nation of priests. But the priests must minister according to things pertaining to God. His lips should keep knowledge so that he, the people can seek the law or the word at his mouth. For he is the messenger of God. Every priest is a messenger of God. When he says this should happen, it will happen. Because he's a messenger of God. But it's not automatic. A messenger who does not know any message will not be able to communicate any message. Do you get it? If you're a messenger, you don't, you don't have any message. You don't know what the one who has sent you says you should say. How are you going to, how are you going to say it? Go back to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, like, you like what I'm saying? 
Yeah, whether you like it or not, I'm preaching it. I like it. I can see God happy with me, like He's rejoicing that I'm seeing these things. Yeah, you must know the word. You, you have to know the word. You have to know the word. You have to know the word. If you don't know what you would know very well, someone can take you out of the kingdom of God very easily. Because there are so many things in the system now. One day, Pastor Michael called me. We were talking, we were talking about the church. And he said that, as for this place, they don't even believe in God to start with. They don't believe in God. So he had a, he had a service called Apologetic Sunday. Apologetics as to address the fact that God even exists. They don't even know that God exists. They think that you see because government answers every 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 prayer. All the prayers you can pray for, government is answering it. You are praying for a Benz. Go to Germany and see. Newest Benz. You just need to pay two hundred euros. You get the Benz right now, and every month they'll be taking it out of your pay. And you'll be driving the Benz. You want to buy a TV? You don't need to pray to God for a TV. Africa is full of prayers for TV, for cars, for houses. For that kind of gospel does not exist in Europe. It can't function there. You have made a mistake. If you go there with that kind of gospel, nobody will listen to you. God will give you a job. What are you talking about? God should give me a job for what? What I can just walk into the, the place and get a job for myself. Am I like a man of God? Yeah. So that kind of gospel does not, it doesn't exist there. No, 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 no. The government is too good. Government is God. For them, government is God. He does everything. You are thinking about health issues. You are making confessions concerning your health because you know that if you should enter Confanochi, you may not come back alive. The doctor may make a mistake. Or they will say there is no nebulizer around. There is no oxygen. You will be breathing. Then the oxygen will finish. So you are compelled to pray. So that you can be sustained without the oxygen. Is it true? It's good you are in Africa. Say it's good I'm in Africa. Say thank God for Africa. Yeah. In Europe, they don't have those problems. They don't have those problems. You may not even have to pray for a car because the train system is there. It can't take you anywhere. It's faster than driving. It's even stressful driving. You don't need a car. Free Wi-Fi. You don't need to pray for a phone. You don't need to pray. (laughs) So you see how foolish it is when we are here praying for all kinds of things. Your confession is, Father, I claim. What are you claiming? You are claiming a car. You are claiming a house. I see the Lord blessing you. <laughs> what is he blessing you with? Cars. They are falling. Oh, please, please, please. It doesn't, it doesn't exist there. It's a waste of time. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a gospel that exists in Africa. Come to God and He give you everything. Isn't it? It's there. It's true. The prodigal son came to God not to the right things, with the right mind. The prodigal son said that, let me go to my father. Let me tell him that I, I've, I've sinned greatly against him and against God. Because the servants in his house have everything. He should make me a servant. He didn't go because he loved the father. But because he had nothing. There was none of those things in his house. He didn't even come. It was hunger that brought him back. And not because of anything. So that gospel is there. You get it. But that is not the main thing. That is not the main thing. That is not the main thing. The main thing is your knowledge of God. 
You having a relationship with God. That is the main thing. Having a real relationship with God. Knowing God for yourself. You see. Knowing God for yourself. And making Him known to others. That's, that's, a, that's a real thing. Have you read 1 Timothy chapter 2? <laughs> Verse 5 before. 1 Timothy 2 5. How many of you have read it before? Okay, you, you, you are not really, you don't know whether you've read it before. But when I take it there, you realize that you've read it before. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. He says, For there's one God, let's read, let's read from, let's pray. For this is a good and, for this is good and a settled in the sight of God our Savior. Then verse 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved, isn't it? And what? Come to the knowledge of what? Come to the knowledge of what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. What truth is it? Who is truth or what is truth? Who is truth? What is truth? Christ is truth. Isn't it? It is saying to come to the knowledge. It is for uh, God will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of cars and lands and houses. Is that what he said? To kill your enemies. <laughs> they are those who are also killing their enemies. That's another gospel. Die. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah, if you don't know the word of God, anybody can deceive. There are there are two there are so many things that are happening in the body of Christ right now. Okay? The Gentiles are pushing so hard to bring in idolatry into the church of God. Or into the body of Christ. Because that's what they are used to. It's only in Africa we bless things. Okay. We bless the cow bless some oil, different colours, depending on the grade you want, you get a different colour. People are buying it. I was telling you last week, the way for them to pay for the TV and pay for the radio and all that is to take the money from the people so that you can pay it. Yeah. So take one city and let me do something for you right now. You take the one city, you bring it like that. That's what they do. Then they sell things. Sell from cocoa to water to handkerchief to some oil, different kinds of oils, different kinds of candles. That's, that's idolatry. It's like the work of Christ is not enough. You need things around your waist to protect you. So you can have a certain band from the church with the church's name on it. Waistband or handband or necklace or something. You see, you can buy it outside, but if you buy it outside, it's not set apart. The anointing is not on it. You, buy, you must buy it in the house of God. Or you purchase it from the house of God, then it is really sanctified, it is really set apart. Do you get it? That's that, that's, that is one side. They are pushing. And it's inside the system right now. There are a lot of, hey, a lot of artifacts. We have breakthrough oil. We have ring. Yeah, ring. You come and wear a certain ring. When you wear the ring, hey, your prosperity is come. And people are flocking in there. Go, 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 like that. Then there's the other side. The juice. Also pushing in to bring Judaism into the church. Judaism. If you if you don't pray with something called the tilit, you have not prayed. You know tilit. It's good you don't know. <laughs> you have to cover yourself with a certain prayer shawl so that God can hear you. Then you are really pr- praying. You must have your phylacteries must be very big. The bigger it is, the more anointed you are. You must have a certain mezuzah hanging in front of your house. Something you pray at certain times. You must follow a certain kind of hours of praying. 
It's not easy to keep it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Those who tried to keep it couldn't keep it. They did it for two weeks and stopped. Because it's not easy. So if you are not stable, if you don't know your God, if you don't know the word of God for yourself, anybody can just take you away like that. They'll make spoil of you. It's in the Bible. It's let no man make spoil of you. Let me show you that scripture. Can I show it to you? Go to Colossians chapter 2. Hmm? Every high priest. See every high priest. Let's read from verse 5. It's nice. The whole thing is very nice because it ex- explains, you know, what he wants to say. Okay? Oh, hallelujah. He says, For though I be absent in the flesh, this is Paul right. He says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. He says, As you receive Jesus, how do you receive Christ? How do you receive Christ? I just started the message with that. How do you receive Christ? Eh? How do you receive Christ? By faith, isn't it? Is it true? Did you have to have something on you before you could get him to come into your life? What did you do? You believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth. What did you believe? You believed in his death, in his burial. You believed in his resurrection. Isn't it? Okay. And then you confessed that with, the, with your mouth. And you became and the believing and speaking together is called faith. Isn't it? So he says, as you have therefore, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, in the same way, walk ye in him. What is he expecting? How is he expecting to walk? To walk by faith. How did you receive the knowledge of the Lord? Through words. It came through words. They spoke words to you, they preached to you, they taught you the word. Then you realize that ah. Someone loved me enough to give himself for me. Someone went through shame and pain, was beaten and battered because of me. Jesus was not crucified with supporter. He had none. He was crucified naked. He put at the chiefest place of concourse for every man to look and behold him. He did all that for you and for me. If you were the only one here on earth, he would have done that for you. Man, I didn't know this. Then you receive him. You believe it, you receive him. He says, the way you have received it, walk in him like that. Through words. Jesus didn't leave us with the cloth that, the, the last cloth he wore. If he had left us some of those things, you will see. You would have, if Jesus had come in our time, when the selfie and all the selfie stick and everything, and we had gotten a picture of him, you would see what he would do. Even right now, even though there's no picture like that, people have created pictures for themselves. And I uh, bowed down to it and happy with it. One woman was praying to a certain uh, picture because she thought it was St. Augustine. No, no, it was, it was a picture from a certain movie. Sorry? It wasn't Mel Gibson. Um, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. There's this guy in it who. Not Gandalf, there's another guy. The elf, the elf, the senior one. Uh-huh. He was, yes. The picture, the picture was in her room and she was praying. This happened in the UK. Yes, it happened in the UK. She, she never knew that it was actually a picture from her. She bought it from, the, from town and brought it because they, they, they said it was, she thought it was. And she was just, not Jesus, uh, uh, St. Augustine. So she was having fellowship with St. Augustine. Hallelujah. <laughs> it is as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Look at the next thing. 
rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving if you are not rooted they will take you out if you are not established they will take you out something will be take, take you out quickly and you will be you will be on the highway to destruction and not even know it you get it look at the next thing beware so as a Christian, you must beware of certain things. It's not only dogs that you must beware of. You must beware of certain things. It says, beware. Lest any man stall you. What does that mean? It means to, to make, to take your, your property out of your hand. You see? To waste you. To, to, to lead you away as spoil. That's what it means. To lead you away as spoil. As booty. As goods. From war. You don't do something when they're going forward, they take all their things, they take all their gold, all their jewelry, everything, their children, wives, everybody goes to the war. Because the war can last for six months. They fight small today, then they break and go. If you didn't die, you can go back to your family and be happy. The following morning you come. You know, David and Goliath, the Goliath threatened the Israeli army for thirty or forty long days. Every day you come, hey, choose a man out of your people and let him come and fight me. And then he'll go back and come every day for 30 days. Then David came. Yeah, okay, amplified. He says, see to it that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you yourselves captive by his so-called philosophy. There are those who are into those things. Philosophy and intellectualism. The Bible is not an academic material. It is not. It's a spiritual material. If you study it like academic material, you'll be surprised at what you come out with. As a priest, you should know what the Bible says. If you don't know, someone will use some things there, you'll be shocked. We combine some strange scriptures and design a doctrine for you, and you'll be following it. Subtle, very, very small, very small thing. Do you know whatever you want to see in the Bible, you'll see it. You know. If you want to find scriptures to back whatever you want to do, you'll find plenty of scriptures. Hallelujah. You want to kill somebody, there are too many scriptures. Killing. One of the powerful things in the, in the Bible. Even God, they'll tell you even God was killing. You know, the, devil, the devil says that as far as he's concerned, he's killed only one person. Is it one or two? One or two people. As far as he's concerned. Because all the other killing, this is a doctrine from someone. All the other killing is done by God in the Bible. He's done just one or two. So what are they talking about that he's the one destroying everything? <laughs> Philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense. He says, Beware. Or someone who idle fancies, things that he has not seen. Eh? He says, Following human tradition, men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world. Just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ. They must do they start talking about the sun. How the sun will talk for you, and the moon will talk for you, and the earth will talk for you, and this one will talk for you, and this one. Say, I, I take the earth, and I let it talk for me. Foolishness. What <laughs> about foolishness? But if you don't know that your lips must keep knowledge, you'll be led off. Spoil. You'll be led off. Off. Hmm? Go to this. Um, let me show you. There's another one in verse. Verse 16. If you read everything, you will be surprised. There's some in Galatians as well. Galatians was talking about the, 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 the idolatry things. Yeah. We are pushing very hard to bring it in. Just let no man therefore judge you in meat, in food. 
Bible says that as far as food is concerned, this Paul talking, God talking through Paul, is as far as food is concerned, everything is supposed to be received with thanksgiving. It's set apart by, apart by the word and by prayer. Even snakes are set apart. Unless you don't, don't condemn, unless you don't want to eat it, just leave it to go. Bible says that which is sold in the shambles, buy without any questions. What is sold in the market, buy without any questions. Someone will say that, hey, some meat is, is uh, watching is from Muslim, so don't buy any watching from Muslim. Some meat is from Muslim. Like that. You <laughs> <laughs> have even seen that I can't do watching before. It's not, yeah, it's not the food of their cans, it's the food of the Muslims. What is the problem? We'll eat it and be happy. Tease it. Eh? Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. I'm not saying go and boost. <laughs> or in respect of an holy day. Some people say that it is this day that is sanctified. This other day is not sanctified. This, this other day. Listen. Read your Bible. Read your, tell me about read your Bible. Your lips must keep knowledge. You must know what the word of God says. If you don't know, you can't answer people. Listen, I come and stand here. And I'll say, ask me questions. I'm not afraid of your questions. Why? I'm not afraid of your questions. I I have no fear. I have no fear of your questions at all. At all. What can you ask me that I'll not answer? Ah, What are you talking about? The Holy Spirit is inside me. He's taught me his word. I've allowed him to teach me his word. You see? So you can ask me anything and I'll answer you. Because you answer you from within. Yeah. You should be able to answer people's questions and help people think rightly. That is our job and our ministry as priests. First ministry. We must teach the people the word of God. They must seek counsel from God from our mouth. How will you do that if you don't know it? You see, you must make an effort. It's your responsibility. If you don't do it, all the people around you get lost. And the amazing thing about responsibility is that if you don't do your responsibility, there's accountability for you. Is it true? How many of you know that? When your mommy says, watch the dishes, you kick, she comes back, and you have added more dishes to the thing, and you are sitting down watching TV. What do you think will happen to you? What do you think will happen? How many of you can recall some of the things that have happened to you when you did something wrong? Depending on who your parents are, the punishment can be, can be different. It depends on who your parents are. Yeah. Two slaps. Papa. Hey, it depends. It depends on the house you are coming from. <laughs> we have a special meeting with you at dawn, 4 a.m. We'll spoil your sleep and talk to you. <laughs> yeah, if you don't do your responsibility, there's always an accountability. The time for accountability and consequent punishment, isn't it? God is very nice to his children. But there's another side where God will demand from his children. He will. He will. So your life is not yours. If you think your life is yours, go and steal right now. You see that the government owns you. <laughs> you think everything you see in Ghana we have rights we have responsibilities you think you have rights only you can just do whatever you want to do 
Just go and bash or go and urinate in front of the police station right now. It's my right. I can be everywhere. Go and go in front of Ministry of Defense. <laughs> Hallelujah. What is going to happen to you? Some time ago, some truck drivers were parking in front of uh, Tech 7 Hospital. They were misbehaving there. They were just misbehaving. The, poli- the soldiers just came out. And they arrested about five of them. And took them to the morgue. To the mortuary to go and wash the bodies and carry things. Yeah! They did that to them. After that, everything stopped. Nobody. I had nobody. Yeah. Don't even think about that. You don't think far. No, 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 no. Yeah, you think your life belongs to you. Do something wrong and see. You think you hit someone with a car for the person to die. You realize that your life is not yours. So even in that context, your life is not... How much more with respect to God? Who created you? This body didn't create you. You see, they've organized the state. And have put... They don't feed you. They've put rules and regulations down for us to follow. They expect us to follow it. How much more the God who made you? A lot of Christians think that they are independent. They just move around and do whatever they want to do and think whatever they want to think. They read their Bibles when they want to and all that. You don't know. There's accountability for you. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. I must give you all the counsel of God. If I don't tell you, I'll be cheating you. You must know the Bible. First of all, for your own sake, so that you are not led astray. Secondly, to help others. There are so many lives attached to yours. So many. There are too many lives attached to yours. Too many lives. Your roommates are not there for nothing. Your, your neighbors are not there for nothing. The people you come into contact with at work are not for nothing. The people, are, the people in your world are not there for nothing. God put them there for a reason. You must affect lives. You have to. As a priest, you must explain things pertaining to God to them. You must be the specialist who answers questions with respect to God. And it helps people think rightly. That is your ministry. This is a messenger sent from God. A messenger sent from God. Are you a messenger sent from God? Your mouth must keep knowledge. Hallelujah. Rise up on your feet and just thank God for what you are sharing with you. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.